Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Clam comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, October 5th surprisingly really strong night in the sports world. Don't know how many of you are watching, but Aaron Judge hit number 62. Boom, the new AL record holder for home runs. I have some thoughts on that in a moment. And the big um, 2023 NBA draft preview, Scoot Henderson versus Big Vic Wembenyama was on ESPN2 last night. I don't know if anybody watched it. Obviously, if you were on social media, you saw all the clips floating around. And you definitely tuned in. That was something to behold. Those two kids can go. 2023 NBA draft is lit. I'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, first, I got to tease our guest. This guy works with me at Fox. He put on the U.S. national team in 2010. They went to the World Cup, got to the knockout rounds, lost to Ghana. Stuart Holden. He is traveling to Qatar to cover the World Cup for Fox Sports. He's going to be calling the U.S. games. It's... Listen, it's getting close to go time. We're inside 50 days to the World Cup. USA missed 2018 World Cup. You know I'm a soccer fan. I own uh, a minority stake in a team in Mexico, Nicaxa. They have a uh, postseason game coming up this weekend. I- I'm a soccer guy. I grew up playing soccer. Both my kids play soccer. My son played club for a year. Like, 
I love soccer. So me and Stu Holden chop up the U.S. national team, the World Cup chances. We'll touch on the MLS and Liga MX. We'll touch on the greater World Cup. Yes, there's some English uh, discussion. Obviously, they're loaded and in good shape to win their first World Cup in forever. I think you're going to love the interview. But real quick first, Aaron Judge, let's get this out of the way. I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm very excited and happy for Judge. He had a bomb, 62. He's got the record. Top Maris. I get all that. I started thinking about it, and I'm like, boy, the media sure is making a massive deal, like enormous, about a guy who just has an AL home run record. And then I looked, who are the single-season home run leaders in MLB history? Barry Bonds hit 73, and I think everybody thinks he was using some substance that was illegal in the sport at the time. Mark McGuire hit 70, same deal with Bonds. Sammy Sosa hit 66, same. McGuire hit 65, Sosa hit 64, Sosa hit 63. All those top six seasons were in a three-year span, 99 to 2001. The height of the Balco era, if you're too young to remember it, Ask your older brother, or you could just Google steroids and baseball, and all those guys' names will come up. But it is weird that baseball, I mean, I think it's smart what baseball's doing. They're pushing Judge and this storyline big time. They want it out there. He is the new AL home run king. What's understated here is there's no mention at all anywhere of Bonds or McGuire or Sosa. Nobody's bringing them up. It's all Aaron Judge, Roger Maris. And like the undercurrent is. This guy's clean. We think Maris was clean. Uh, who knows? And this is something that baseball needs to wrap its arms around and embrace. And I don't disagree with that. I just think it's a little funny that when baseball embraced Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, when they were all juicing and it was obvious because they turned into guys who look like superheroes. They look like cartoon characters. They were so juiced. Right? I mean, Barry Bonds like lost his neck in the span of five years because he was doing so many uh, illegal substances. I'm not faulting those guys. Would I have done the same? I don't know. Uh, you know, would you cheat to get a, a, an uh, athletic enhancement and then set records and make millions and millions of dollars that they can't take away from you? Well, <laughs> as we've seen in baseball, a lot of people are willing to do that. And I'm sure the same as in football and basketball. If you could take something, some drug to give you an edge and it's not going to harm your body, I think a lot of people would do it. The problem is, a lot of the stuff those guys were doing did harm your body. Um, so Aaron Judge is now the clean home run champ. I don't know how far baseball is going to take this. Obviously, Judge and the Yankees going into the postseason. It's going to be exciting. I, I think every Judge at bat in the postseason is going to be must-see because of what he just did. I think we'll see an uptick in the baseball ratings. This should be a really good postseason, strong teams. Um, I'm excited. Let's go to basketball. And I'm sure there's some people on here who are like, Scoot Henderson, Jay, really? You're going to spend time on Big Vic Wenbanyama? I think I'm saying that right. I just want to remind you guys, we had a guest on, a couple guests around the NBA draft. I think Matt Babcock, Fran Fraschilla, and the name that Scoot Henderson instantly elicits when you watch him. His handle is ridiculous. He finished at the rim. He's 6'2". He finished over Big Vic, who's 7'5 and has a pretty nice handle himself. He can play on the perimeter. He splashes threes like Kevin Durant. He's as fluid as, and this one's really going to age me, Ralph Sampson, former UVA legend who played with the Houston Rockets. He hit a shot to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs back in the day. He had injuries derail his career, as is the case with a lot of skinny, tall, seven-footers. It just, it happens. And... 
when Benyama looks, I mean, as good as, if not better than, like, all those guys. I mean, he's the modern... Ralph Sampson was not pulling up for three, okay? He is... And I'm not overhyping when Nyama. You got to watch him. He's seven five, fluid as hell, steals the ball, quick. I mean, he is just—he's really good. Like Chet Holmgren meets Kevin Durant meets Kristaps Porzingis. You know, all those blended together. And this guy is—I mean, he is insane. That being said, Scoot Henderson, of course, stole the show because he hit a bunch of threes. He finished at the rim over Vic. He is, in my eyes, he is the second coming of Derrick Rose. And you guys remember how electrifying Rose was. Won an MVP. Um, took down. He, he he won the MVP the first year, I believe, LeBron went to the Heat. And if you remember, they won game one against LeBron's Heat. Everybody's like, oh, D-Rose, they might win this series. And then LeBron was like, I got this. LeBron guarded Derrick Rose, shut him down. Bulls done. Um, Rose, of course, his career was derailed by multiple ACL injuries. And, you know, that's what sucks. Like, Derrick Rose is a great, great, great what might have been. He's probably going to be, if you really want to look at it, he's probably going to be the only NBA MVP like not to make the Hall of Fame simply because of injuries. But that's how good he was. I think he won MVP at 22. And this kid, Scoot Henderson, looks like him. I mean, you go look up his YouTube videos. This guy's just electric. He just bounces out of the gym. At any rate, yes, I got smitten with some midweek basketball. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, Stuart Holden former U.S. national team midfielder. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Okay, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who you know from U.S. soccer Pretty much a legend, uh, played internationally in Europe and now calls games, calls U.S. Uh, national team games. He will be in Qatar for the World Cup working for Fox Sports. Stuart Holden. Stu, how you doing, man? Jason, what's up? I'm uh, I'm ready. To t- I'm excited to talk some soccer with you, man. Yeah, I'm so fired up. I mean, listen, uh, last week was not great for the U.S. national team. I won't even mention the Japan debacle, which the coach admitted, Burhalter was a debacle. But I, I, I know your guy, Alexi Lalas, who I also see around Fox, he loves to talk about this. But like the state of the union, we're less than 50 days to the World Cup. And part of this, like part of us are excited just because we're in the World Cup as opposed to 2018, you know, which was really bad. Um, but also there's a large segment that's just unhappy with Burhalter, thinks we have no chance. I don't know. Where do you stand uh, less than 50 days to the U.S. in the World Cup? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. Number one, right out of the gates, because, look, I mean, I I think the reality is uh, when it comes to soccer in the United States and how much it has grown, uh, we still fully understand that the biggest stage and the biggest platform we have is the World Cup. And it's your opportunity as a U.S. soccer player and fan and whatever to bring people into our nest for a month of what we do and what we live in. It was such a blow four years ago to not have the U.S. in Russia. And it was my first World Cup as a broadcaster, and it just didn't feel the same. So, look, we're back in the World Cup. That was the number one mission of Greg Berhalter when he took over four years ago of getting this team back to where we belong. And that doesn't mean, though, now 
that we're at the World Cup that the feeling should be if you're a fan right now and you're listening, well, the U.S. are back. Like, we're just at a World Cup. No. Like, it has always been the, the baseline expectation that we should be there. Yeah. Now, being there, it, it has always been, look, to, to judge the tournament as a success, it's to get out of the group stage. That's what we all feel uh, and expect from this team. So, look, Greg, Greg Berhalter, I would say, has done a really good job over the past couple of years of winning and winning tournaments. And what he has done is he won the Gold Cup uh, with an A team and a B team. Uh, he beat, he's beaten Mexico three or almost four times in the last calendar year, mm-hmm. uh, going back to, to, to 2021. So now comes the real test, though, for, for Berhalter and these players, because what he did was he committed to a young group, a very young group. We're the youngest average age of any team that qualified for the World Cup. And that's not even close, by the way. That's a couple of years uh, difference. Greg Berhalter, this will be his first World Cup mm-hmm. as a coach. And what has been the challenging part, and I think you try to think about marquee wins in his tenure, with COVID and the way that the schedule really changed and the way that uh, qualifying got changed for the U.S. to qualify for the World Cup, he hasn't had an opportunity, and this team has an opportunity to play big-name European teams, teams from Europe, teams from South America. So really our sample size of what we've been judging this team on has been against CONCACAF opponents, countries that we should win and countries that, you know, we should beat pretty handily, quite frankly. So now, like, you know, when I'm trying to contextualize the, the game against Saudi Arabia last week and the game against Japan and the game against Uruguay and the game against Morocco, Morocco, we beat 3-0, you know, against teams that are going to the World Cup, I think we've only scored one goal against <laughs> eight in our last eight matches of teams that are going to the World Cup. So like that, that part for me is where, you know, Judging Berhalter, this is where we're going to really find out how good of a coach he is because, you know, he put his hand up. I, I would say that I think some of his lineup selection, personnel selection, uh, some of the tactics that he's employed in some of those games and just being so steadfast on committing to like this is what we're going to do without having some flexibility has not been good. But I, I still maintain a belief that that he could get this team to perform at a World Cup. And it, it's hard to, to really convey that opinion amongst all the shouting and yelling that's going on right now. Because these last two games, Jason, and if you're just kind of a fan that's tuning in and you've seen that, hey, the U.S. are back at a World Cup. Like, how are we going to do? These last two games have given us a moment and a, and a pause for kind of a, a reflection of like, hey, this might be a lot harder than we, than we thought it was yeah. going to be based on the kind of the talent that we have right now. I, I love the swings of USA soccer fans. Cause you're right. A lot of them watch, whether it's the premier league or leagues mm-hmm. around the world. And then, you know, they, they just tune into the U S national team for the big games. And then you tune in and they're like smashing Grenada or whatever. And, and then you tune into a game getting close to the world cup. And it's like, I thought they played great for the first 30 minutes against the Saudis had multiple chances, but didn't convert me. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh gosh, this is zero zero really against a team that's not really considered very good. I I don't. Does anybody think the Saudis are getting out of their group at the cup? No chance. I mean, they're in with Argentina, Mexico, yeah, and Poland. So, you know, they're going to be last place for sure. So so do you? Is it, it's not really fair for the fans to pile on? But like, this is what we do, right? In, in the NFL, um, you know, it's a week to week thing. In the NBA, you lose three straight. It's oh my gosh, the sky's falling. In baseball, the Mets get destroyed over the weekend. It's like, well, forget their postseason. You know, it's like three games out of a million. But you look at soccer, and there just aren't many opportunities, Stu. And it's like, yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm a little nervous for Burhalter because, as you said, this is one of the youngest teams. But I, I know nobody's going to want to hear this. Are they looking at, hey, let's get our young guys some reps at the World Cup. If we get out of the stage, great. 
if not, it's okay. 2026 is the goal. <laughs> it's on. It's on our turf, right? That's, like that, that's, that's not a. That's not the first time I've heard that. By the way, yes, like it, it, it. And and they've been careful and shied away from like just calling this a hey work World Cup of getting experience because we all know 26 is going to be the biggest World Cup in the history of the World Cups. Like yeah. there will not be from a commercial attendance, you know, uh, global standpoint. It's going to be the first World Cup. We have 48 teams. So like the platform and the stage is not bigger and it's here in the United States for the first time since 94. Like that, that's the one that you need to 100% uh, put on a show. So the, the challenge for Burhalter here is that the, the individuals that we have, I mean, we have players now at some of the biggest clubs in the world. We have guys mm-hmm. at Chelsea, we have guys at Borussia Dortmund, Barcelona, AC Milan, like big, big clubs. And these guys are playing and getting minutes and, and contributing. So what that's done is it's raised the expectations of the team. Mm-hmm. The problem that we've had, I think, is being able to, A, have all these guys healthy. I mean, Pulisic has been continually injured. Gio Reyna has been injured a lot. So we've never really had the, the best group of guys all together building up. That's that's not Burhalter's fault. That's, mm. you know, that's like the, the part where you're like, how, how much can these guys match up to their potential from what we know that they're capable of? And then the second part, which is Burhalter's job, is to get the best out of the collective. A national team jobs, uh, national team coach's job is not to coach up players. It's to put the best group of players together and make them play the best. So, you know, you're maybe leaving off a guy who's being sacrificed because you feel this guy feels better in this system. And that's where I think Burhalter is getting a lot of heat uh, because it's like, well, you know, you got to find the best. Uh, recipe of all these different ingredients and put them all together in a way that, you know, cooking reference of like making it taste good and making it something that you want to eat. And right now we're, we're missing some of those key ingredients. He's trying to make and mix and match and things that aren't just working. And ultimately I think we go into this first game against Wales on November 21st with more questions right now than answers, which to me is a concern. We don't know who our center, uh, one of our center backs is going to be. We don't know who our starting striker is going to be. We still don't know who, who our goalkeeper is going to be. Like those are three main positions right down your spine. And, you know, I couldn't tell you who's going to start in those positions on game one of the World Cup. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You went to the World Cup with the U.S. national team, right? So 2010, talk us through what's going to happen at the camp when the U.S. convenes, all the players get together. What what goes down there in terms of settling on on the course starting lineup and all that fun yeah. stuff? You know, that, that six six week period for me in 2010, and I have a poster. I know you can't see it uh, of, if you're listening to this, but uh, of that World Cup, because that really and truly was like one of the best six week periods of my entire life. Um, I bet. You know, like you, you, you achieve something that you dreamed of as a kid. You, you're working with 23 guys continually towards something. We had the payoff of getting out of the group and, you know, uh, living that, that, uh, that, that moment, the land and goal and experiencing that in the last second to, to advance. And so for these guys, I think 20, there's going to be a 26 man roster, 25, to 26 will never have played at a world cup before. Uh, it's very different in that we had a, a couple of weeks ramp up to the world cup. Well, this year, because the World Cup's moved to the winter and it's in Qatar, these guys will be finishing their club like a pause in the season Mm -hmm. seven days before the first game of the World Cup. So they're going to fly straight into camp, have four days of practice, 
try to switch gears into like, hey, we're at a World Cup now and play their first game. So that part's going to be very different. And I can't. Okay, wait, hold on, Stu. Let me ask. Do you think that aspect of it, this whole four days of practice, geez, I was expecting weeks. No. Uh, Four days. Do you think that that will impact how he decides the roster? I absolutely do because you, okay. you're. You, I mean, some of these guys are going to be coming straight off of playing a game on the Sunday, and then the next Sunday they'll be playing for the United States. Injuries become a thing. Fatigue. How many minutes have they played in the lead up to that? And so that's why that's why I'm saying I don't think even Greg Berhalter right now could tell you tell you his 100% starting eleven for that game because there's still so much time, and then there's so little time that he's going to have guys in camp and even the first two days of that whatever four or five days of training are going to be evaluating mm-hmm. players to see you know who's ready who's healthy who can go from the the first whistle there all right let me ask a player and you you'll just say whether or not you think they're going to make it and okay. then maybe whether you is, is this make it on the roster or make it in the lineup I, I, let's just say roster to to travel to the world okay uh he seems to be divisive but he's only 19 i like the upside ricardo pepe Oh man, it's a tough one, man. I know. So it's a tough one. I, you know, Jesus Ferreira is going to go to the World Cup for oh. sure, and that and the number nine. I think you're probably looking at Josh Sargent, and I think that third striker becomes either it's Pepe or this guy Jordan Pifak, who's playing in Germany and is just racking up the goals. And he's the most controversial pick that was left off from this last roster. So. Look, Greg knows Pepe. He likes Pepe. Pepe scored again at the weekend in Holland. Now he's playing at a lower level and scoring. So I think that Pepe goes. Uh, I would personally take Pifak over Pepe, but wow. I, I think that Pepe goes to the World Cup. Yeah. So why do you? Why would you? So how many forwards do you expecting to bring? Just four? I think three, three, three. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like three really? forwards because we're we're gonna have a, a bigger roster than we've ever had at a World Cup, and I think the players that are more interchangeable are the wide players, and that's where you're right. gonna see deeper rosters on those. And like by the way, in a push. We could stick Tim Way up front. We could stick Polisic up front. We could put different yeah. type of players. But yeah, I I think Pepe ends up going. Okay, uh, let's. You mentioned Gio Gio Reyna. He he's going to turn twenty. I think like a week before the World Cup. The injuries are just it's brutal. It's devastating for this guy who's super talented. Everybody knows his his dad. Um, what, what do you think? I hope he goes. Uh, mm. And and look, the, the, again, that's one I can't predict. If he's healthy, he's on the roster 100%. Certainly. Not even a question. Maybe starting, probably coming off the bench. But Gio uh, got injured again in the last U.S. game. He's it's announced that he's only out for a week, so he should be back in the next game or two. But, like, that's the other part of the conversation, Jason, is, like, th- this World Cup is – the group stage is over in a week. So, like, you know, if, if you're uh, not able to stay even healthy for a week – do you bring a guy and thinking like he might get there? What can he give us off the bench? But if he's even like able to give you something off the bench, you bring him and uh, he's on the roster. So out of, out of, uh, you know, trying to have some good juju, I'm going to go ahead and say like, he's going to the world cup because I'm, I'm like shaking my like uh, rain stick and hoping that he's healthy. <laughs> yes. I, I I'm with you. I really hope he goes. Um, your best guess at the starting keeper, it sounds like it, it's between Turner and Horvath, or is there a dark horse? Well, Zach Steffen is the other one, but he's been injured. I think he's Berhalter's guy. I think Berhalter would like him to be the starter. I would, if I was the coach, I would have Matt Turner as the keeper. I okay. think at the end of the day, like he's not as good with his feet as Steffen, but what's, if you're just a normal sports fan, I think you know what the most important part of being a goalkeeper is, right? It's keeping the ball out of the net. And yeah. <laughs> Turner is a great shot stopper. You know, I don't care if he's going to miss a couple of passes here and there. Like, I want a guy in the nets. If I'm a defender, a midfielder that I know is going to come up with some big saves, and I think he does that and he's dependable, and I think he should be our starting keeper. Um, 
Uh, do you in your relationship with Burhalter? I don't know. Did you ever play with him? Uh, I played against him actually at the end of against his career. He's with Galaxy. Yeah. I'm just curious. What what kind of guy is he as opposed to Klinsman? And I'm trying to get an idea when you when you when I'm shaping the roster. Can I read anything from Burhalter's past or the type of kind of guy he is? So so Greg as a player was the like in a center back uh, defender, yep. very intense. Very like rah rah in the locker room. Very motivational. Very you know on guys uh, and 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 kept a very high standard. He's the same as a coach. He's very he's meticulous. He's disciplined. He works uh, at all hours of watching tape and I think maybe sometimes too much and overanalyzing mm-hmm. uh, things. But I would say what he's been able to do is connect really well with this group of young players and showing a flexibility and kind of. You know, taking the taking the break off a little bit and allowing these guys to to mature and show personality and and also trusting a young group. So I, I think also at the end of the day, he's loyal. I think he knows guys that um, ultimately he thinks will give him what he wants and feel is best out of the collective, as opposed to maybe, you know, a guy that is a total wild card, but could kind of produce you something out of nothing. I think he wants dependable assets. And let me ask you, when you're, you know, I, I know you had that injury before 2010 and, and uh, the World Cup, but you still made the team. When you, like, go there, is it more of a bonding or is it competitive? Because everybody obviously wants to play at the World Cup. What's, like, the vibe and, and, and the energy going yeah. in? It's a really good question because uh, you know, I got injured uh, two months or two and a half months before the World Cup. And I, I was hoping and would have been, I think, uh, I'm going I'm to pretend I was anyways, a starter in that team. And <laughs> right. you know, I got back for my first game the week before the World Cup camp started. So I went into that camp thinking, like, I still got to make the team here. I got to prove yeah. that I'm fit. I got to battle with guys. And it's a really respectful, but it's a very intense environment. And I, I think... I, I might was it the Jordan one of the dream team clips like uh, with, that came out uh, long after the fact that they they showed like those guys getting in fights before going to the Olympics. Mm, that's right. Um, yeah, the dream team was Jordan it, and Magic yeah. and all Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I love that clip because it was very similar to I think what we experienced where. Uh, you know, fitness, you're doing sessions of just pure running, you're doing sessions in the afternoon, you're doing double days, but all the while you kind of know like the main guys that are going and then you kind of know the guys that are all competing and battling for spots. And it was like, Hey man, I love you. But as soon as we cross that white line, like I'm not going to hesitate to stick a tackle on you and show that like, I need to do everything I need to do to be on that team. And so it practices got heated. There was yelling, there was shouting, there was pushing matches. And I think that's what the coaches ultimately want. Cause they want to know that guys are, are dialed in. They want to know how much it means to you to be a part of that. And um, I think that's ultimately still going back to those last two games and why I think potentially they were also so flat is because guys are nervous. I mean, they, these are guys that are on the cusp of living out their dream, going to a World Cup, and they're all of a sudden playing a friendly in front of no fans in Saudi Arabia. And they're like, shit, I don't want to make a mistake. I, I don't want to do anything that's going to cost me my job at a World Cup. And yeah, that, that's one of my biggest questions for this team is like when you roll out, you're singing the national anthem, you're on the world's biggest stage in front of the biggest audience you've ever played in front of your life. Like, what are you going to do in that moment? Are you going to turn up or are you just going to kind of crumble and and let the stage get the most of you? And mm. we're going to find out about five minutes into that Wales game <laughs> on the on the 21st. And I hope so, it's the, the latter. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked about Burhalter and then like the tenacity because I, I keep thinking about Pepe. And I don't know, listen, I, I don't, you don't want to read body language, but that game against Saudi Arabia, 
I didn't see the fire from him. You know he's like a fringe guy to make it. And I, I'm just, it, he was like almost invisible. And I, I, again, I, I, I hope Berhalter takes him, but I didn't see in that performance. I know it's a small sample size, but again, we're down to the crunch time. I, I didn't see that fire and the desire. Like I want it, I need it. I'm going to go grab it, whatever it takes. It's mine. I don't know. Did I, yeah. uh, is that a bad no, you're right. by me? You're or? right. And, and I wouldn't say it was just him. I, I think it was a number of guys there, but you know, Clint Dempsey, who is, will be with us now in Qatar yeah. for the world cup. He said a couple of times and it's kind of, you know, he said, I want to see that you got the dog in you. He says, I want to see the dog because that was him as a player. Like he's a guy that scrapped for everything uh, out there and did everything he could. I've seen a puppy from some of these guys so far. You know, I haven't seen I haven't seen a dog clawing and showing like that. You know, that I don't give a you know what like I'm Mm going to go out there and I'm going to win this game. I'm going to scrap for absolutely everything. And I. I, I hope that's what we we see out of this group because I think at a core that's where we're at our best when we're just tough yeah. to beat. We're we're gonna we're gonna get, a team knows when they line up against us. Hey, we might be more talented if you're a Germany, Spain, Brazil, but like man, we're in for it today. These these guys are not gonna give us an inch, and they're gonna scrap and try to get everything they can out of here. So, yeah, like the, a lot of these guys, it's gonna come down to are they playing? Are they scoring? Are they coming in with confidence? Are there is their chest? puffed high like is their mentality good and that's going to now come what they do for their clubs the next couple of weeks and i think that's what will tilt these decisions one way or another so you were on that 2010 team i'm looking at the roster that went to the world cup got out of the group stage had the tough loss i think to ghana Uh, i'm gonna go ahead and guess clint dempsey had the dog in him right texas kid (laughs) he he was a beast i know landon donovan had the dog in him yeah um I, I would say Demarcus, again, Michael Bradley, Demarcus Michael Bradley, Beasley, um, yeah, yeah. Gucci Onyewu, Bocanegra. I, I'm not. I, you know, I, I, I'm hesitant sometimes to like be a revisionist and say, well, our team was like this and this team is like this. But it, it, I think at a core, right? Like we, we were not the most talented team at the World Cup. This team going will not be the most talented team as the World Cup. And I think there are certain traits and traits in a tournament. Uh, and especially during a knockout tournament, when you get past the group stage, that, that helps you get far. And a lot of that is mentality. My favorite thing about this team, Jason, has been their swagger, this unapologetic of like, we're young, we're experienced, we don't give a crap. Yeah. And we're going to like, we are who we are and we're carving out our own identity. But yeah. that's what I felt was missing the last two games, right? Like you didn't see that when you watched Saudi Arabia and Japan, did you? No, man. It was disappointing. I, there, yeah. No swagger at all. Now, you mentioned the word identity. I would say your team from 2010, I, I remember they were just tough. Now, they were a little more veteran, right? People yeah. were in more of the late 20s as opposed to like super young. But what would you say in a word is the identity of the current team? Ooh. Because it's tough to say swagger when they haven't won anything. Yeah, and you uh, know, and, and, and they finished third in qualifying behind Mexico and Canada. Uh, and... But like, yeah, I, I think I, I want to say fearless, though. Like I, I do. Okay. And I, I, I do feel that they are that way. Um, and I, I think they believe in themselves. I, I really do. I, I think that they they all know they're talented. I think when they get on the field, there's a certain feeling of camaraderie. And a lot of these guys played youth national teams together. And I, mm-hmm. I don't believe that they will be afraid of the moment. Now, okay. we might be three zero down after 30 minutes, but come on. Uh, no, no, all right. No. I'm not going to grill you for scouting reports on getting out of the group stage. Wales, everybody knows they have one very good player. Uh, just glancing at the results, it, it seems like a, definitely a winnable game for us. It's a winnable game. And, and in fact, it's a must win game. I think if we're going to, yes. I, I think if we lose or even tie Wales, 
and then you go into England game needing a point, or then you get to the last game and you have to beat Iran or tie Iran and by Iran, Iran are no uh, schlubs, by the way, they're pretty decent team and they have some good players as well. So that the group is met England are the big favorites. I think we get out of the group. I think if we beat Wales, uh, you know, call it one zero two zero on the first game, then I will feel a lot better about our chances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if we don't win that, we don't get out of the group. It's as simple as that. Like I, I do think that first game is, is is that important. I'll also say this about England. Historically, when they've had massive expectations, as they have going in here, they have the fourth best odds. They they went to the Euro twenty one final. Like when they have expectations, they usually let down a little bit. Right. Again, I don't know. Would you, I don't know. Is that statement? Yeah. I mean, they're just always under immense pressure at all times. And the the reality is they've had a coach who has overachieved, I think, but like they're an insanely talented team, but to get to a semifinal of a world cup and then follow that up with getting to the finals of the euros. And now, you know, there's like pressure building because they're saying, well, he Mm -hmm. lost both of those games and he didn't win. Well, you know, to, to do that on a consistent basis, to be in the final four of, of two major tournaments is a, is a huge ask, Mm -hmm. but, in saying that, like there was stuff, mistakes that they made in those games and tactical and coaching and uh, that that I think leaves them vulnerable. They were on a horrific run until they scored and tied Germany in the last uh, Nations League game, 3-3. They hadn't scored in from open play in over 500 minutes. Yeah. Uh, they hadn't won a game in five games. And so like I was kind of hoping they'd get just shellacked by Germany, which they were at one point, and that they'd come into the tournament with no confidence they actually looked really good in the second half of that game. And just a reminder that like, this is a really good team, but I, I don't, I, I don't see them making a deep run. I just don't, I, I just don't think that, mm. uh, that they're going to be able to handle that, that pressure once again, and the expectations of, you know, going as far as they have in two previous tournaments. And I think the U S can give them a lot of trouble. Yeah. I think they can really frustrate them. All state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What about the aspect of all these players on the England team? I mean, they're all over the Premier League. Like you said, the U.S. players will come in with like four days in camp. What about all those guys? Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Those guys will have played, you know, 20-something games at that point coming in. Six days rest and same thing. We're going to have to play the the first game. Well, their first game is against Iran. Then they play the U.S. on Black Friday um, here in the United States. Well, in the United States, 12 Eastern, I, mm-hmm. I expect that to be one of the biggest soccer games ever on TV here. Oh, yeah. And um, it's, you know, I, I can't wait for that one. That's the game I've picked out is like that game is just going to be next level. Because yeah, no, that, that's going to be so one of the stake. best sporting events of the year, I think, yeah. without question. Like uh, Super Bowl level stuff, uh, USA, England. Um, all right. Qu- quickly overview, like state of the MLS. It's interesting. You know, your 2010 team had a lot of guys playing in Europe and around the globe. But you go back to like the 94 team with Lawless and company. And essentially, the MLS was kind of founded on the 94 Cup explosion. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it okay. started in 95. Yeah. So now here we are, what, 26-ish years later. And the MLS is kind of thriving. But globally, are they recognized, do you think, as like a top 10 league in the world? Yeah, I do. I, okay. I think uh, absolutely top 10. Um the MLS was founded off the back of the 94 World Cup, a uh, huge investment into soccer. I think I forget if it was eight or 10 teams that it started with, 
the league is closing in on announcing its 30th franchise um, and club, which is just incredible. I mean, even when I played in the league in 2006 to 10, I think there was 12 or 14 teams. Um, these soccer specific stadiums we have, the amount of growth, the, the weekly attendance, like everything is trending massively up. But now you're starting to, as your point, you're getting into conversation where you're compared then with the leagues in the Premier League, La Liga in Spain, German Bundesliga, Italian Serie A, widely known as the top four leagues in the world. Look, I think U.S. is right behind that uh, MLS. Mm -hmm. Now, we're still not attracting top, top, top level talent in their prime. Like we're still getting and talking about maybe getting Messi at 35, 36, Ronaldo at 36, 37, like which those are guys you take, right? Those are guys that are, of course, they transcend the game. They're as big as it, as it ever gets. But the amount of money that's invested, investing a lot in young stars, we're still, and you know this, because I am I know on your podcast, on, uh, on the show with Colin as well, like MLS is not talked about yet in mainstream sports television. And that's just the reality. Like it's, we're still trying to fight to not be a regional sport like baseball, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know baseball has a lot more history and still a lot bigger in terms of, uh, American sports, but there's a lot of great storylines in MLS. I think for it to reach that tipping point, And I'm talking about like that real blow the top off through the roof type of moment for, for the league. It, you, you have to be spending with the big, big boys and that's bringing in top, top level talent at the prime and having it across all different teams and, you know, you know, we, we need, I think, the Dallas Cowboys, the 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 Giants, the mm -hmm. you know, we need big marquee teams that people know when they're they're playing. And I think LAFC is kind of trending that way, right? Yeah. Like that team that when they're on, you know you want to watch because they're interesting or you know they have stars. So that's that to me is the next phase of the league. But in terms of uh just momentum and support at like a regional level. MLS, man, if you haven't been to an MLS game, uh, I, I just urge you to go and experience one at Bank of California here in Los Angeles oh, yeah. or up in the Pacific Northwest with Seattle and Portland, because it's a it's an experience that wraps you in, man. It, it helps you fall in love with our game. Yeah, certainly. Well, well, I bring that up because, you know, we mentioned earlier the 2026 World Cup is North America. And and I think some a bunch of games are in Central and South America, maybe Mexico um, or no, wait, maybe it's just Mexico and, and the United States and Canada. Um but there's been talks of MLS. Can they take the next step, maybe merging with Liga MX, the the top league in Mexico? And I, I'm part of an ownership group on in a team there. Uh, as you're an ownership group in a team in Spain, correct? And yeah, Mallorca, yeah. Right, right. With uh, with Nash, is it? Yes, yeah, Stevie Nash. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, we won't talk about the Brooklyn Nets and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I wonder, do you think that would, would help if they peg it to, hey, we're uh, Liga MX, which is like 17 teams plus MLS around 30 teams getting approaching 30. If we join forces, then maybe we crack that top five because we get the power of the American brands plus the audience from Mexico and boom. Now we're our, a super league of sorts. Do you, I mean, yeah, so you, you, I mean, you would know this cause you're involved with uh, Nicaxa. the uh, league MX in the United States is the, number one watched uh, league. And and that's obviously including Spanish language um, as well as, you know, in English, but the, the huge majority of that is in Spanish language television. And it's, it's uh, not even close. Like Premier League in English language is the top. And that's by a pretty long shot compared to, you know, other uh, uh, leagues on a consistent basis. But to reach that next point, I think we all understand and feel that like a, a merger of some sorts, right? Like, I still don't officially know what that's going to look like. We're certainly getting going to get a look at that next year. 
with the League's Cup. And I think that is MLS's and League MX's hope of starting to really bridge that gap and seeing, uh, you know, how that tournament goes. It's going to be in the United States. It's going to be games between League MX teams and MLS teams. And it's going to be in a real competitive uh, format with money at stake, knockout type situation. And giving it a feel, I think, that feels bigger than like, hey, here comes Nakaxa, here comes Atlas, here comes America, and they're going to sell out one game, but nobody's going to really play. And it's like a throwaway game. No, like this this is going to attempt to, and I, I hope it does feel real because you're going to see some real momentum around that. And what I think eventually happens is that you're going to have your American League and National League like baseball, and mm. you're going to play a couple interleague games over the course of the year, but like West coast based down Mexico, West coast in the United States, East coast and East coast in Mexico. And ultimately you play off for what will be your world series or super bowl or, or whatever. And that's the finalists from the AL and the final from the NL and they play off. I would love to see that eventually. I think that that's maybe the only way that it really happens between the two leagues. Uh, but we'll see, you know, I think yeah, that's yeah. a pipe dream, but I think commercially and, from that standpoint, that's like, that's the billion dollar deal, you know, beyond, well, beyond billions, we're talking multi-billions and um, it would raise the game. And I think then give you the ability to, Hey, uh, Neymar, Mbappe, uh, et cetera. You guys want to come play in the U S here? Here's a, we're going to back the truck up for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, Wayne Rooney, some of these guys who come over, uh, like everybody wants to see them. And, and like you said, you get these regional pockets of intense fan fandom, and then you match it with, hey, you're playing a team from Mexico where this is everything to some of these teams in Mexico. I mean, the passion, I'm sure you've seen some of the negative stories uh, at some of these stadiums. It happens. You know, listen, it's not unlike the fights you see every weekend uh, at some of these NFL stadiums. Uh, but the passion of soccer, Stu, that's like totally underrated. And I think that's starting to grow in America. At least that's how I feel. No, it is. And what we're starting to see is we talked about the World Cup founded in, uh, sorry, MLS founded in 95. So like you think about NFL teams, baseball teams, basketball teams, it goes through generations of your yeah. family. Right. And, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, we are wearing a Lakers shirt right now. Um, your kids will be Lakers fans. Yeah. Your kids will be Lakers fans. Like that's just how it works. Well, we're now, tw uh, what are we? I'm, I'm struggling in my math here. Second generation, uh, 27, 27 years into MLS. So yeah, second generation of fans now that's getting passed on you know, all the traditions and, and uh, history that goes with that. Like that's how it really snowballs and you go to the games and you experience it together. So I, I really believe in that. And you're right. Like the Mexican teams though, they go back hundreds of years. So yeah. that's where there's a lot of passion and a lot of history. And even when you're trying to attract Mexican soccer fans who live in the United States, like it's hard to get them to root for LAFC when they're like, no, bro, my, my team is Chivas. And yeah. like, I can't support, even though I live in LA, it's not the same because my granddad loved Chivas and his grandpa loved Chivas. Like that's where that passion and that intensity comes from. And I think when we get to that next point, like we're getting there, you know, we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. All right. Stu Holden, uh, U.S. soccer legend, played internationally, calls games. Stu, I, I don't know how your family's going to take it le leaving uh, around the holidays for the World Cup, but uh, I'm yeah, sure you'll enjoy the weather in Qatar, right? Yeah, weather will be great. It'll be like L.A., mid-high mid, mid 70s. Look, the, for me, well, this is not bad. This is what I'm geared up for, man. This is like the World Cup is, again, our Super Bowl. It's four weeks. It's intense. I think I have one day off in the group stage. We're going to be cranking out games, content, studio, yeah. day and night. And uh, like, like when I get to those events, like you know, you've 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 done it for a long time too. It's 
you're just all in, man. You're, you're yeah. fully focused on that every single day you eat, sleep, drink it. And, um, I, I uh, my adrenaline gets pumping thinking about yeah. it, honestly, cause uh, I still get goosebumps for some yeah. of the big games and, and like the big moments, man. Well, thanks a lot for the time. I kept you a little longer than I thought, but, uh, Stu Holden can't wait to, uh, hear you calling the games this, uh, this winter for the cup. Thanks Jason. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.